Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 142. We are recording on Wednesday night after the Knicks handled business. Oh, no, they didn't because the Knicks are fucking assholes. Uh, the Knicks lost another embarrassing, pathetic, soul draining, mind numbingly shit performance from the starters that the bench could not bail out against uh Orlando Magic team that actually didn't even play that well today. Um, and uh, they lost 104.98 at home. Uh, I am joined uh, to recap and discuss such a lovely game uh, by my co-host, Prez, at Presidente on Twitter. Prez, what's going on? I'm tired, but apparently not as tired as the Knicks starters, all of whom play like they currently are walking around the garden with COVID. Yeah. Uh, I think Julius Randle and Kemba Walker both have. No, I would include COVID. I would include Fournier with there too. Yeah, yeah, Fournier has double COVID. Um, RJ and Mitch tried. That was cool. It was cool. At to least see they two. tried. Yeah, it was good to see two of the five starters actively give a shit tonight. Uh, but we are joined today uh, by I think second time guest uh, of the pod, uh, Mark Schindler. That's at M Schindler NBA. Uh, he writes for Premium Hoops NBA and Indie Cornrows and. Fear the sword. Mark, what's going on? Uh, yeah, well, the Knicks got shit-canned by, uh, by the Orlando Magic. So naturally, the Pacers got shit-canned by the Detroit Pistons, who are just a, a lovely basketball team to watch. I enjoy their young guys. They're not good, though. So um, vibes are all over the place with this team. But uh, it's been good, man. I didn't even get to watch it yet. I'm watching it in the morning. I was, I was working on a I'm doing like 17 projects at the same time right now. So, um, yeah, dude, yeah. I see you write for like websites <laughs> I that I didn't know exist all the time. <laughs> it's, it's a problem. It's good because I'm getting paid, but yeah, trying to figure everything out at the same time is uh, it's kind of a nightmare. But we're making it work. Um, but yeah, no, I'm psyched to psyched to be on. I'm sorry that it had to come at the hands of Cole Anthony and his uh, his wonderfulness this year, but. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the it thing. It wasn't even uh, cold this time. He was, really? he he was terrible. No. He was terrible yeah. in this game. The Magic were terrible. The RJ not... Hampton game. No. <laughs> they did nothing. Like, all they did in this game was play zone. And for about 20 minutes, the Knicks starters looked at the zone and were like, mind fuck. Like, have you guys watched Dune yet? Yes. I yes. Think. It was like, it was like, you know, the, the Magic were the fucking what is it, Reverend Mother of the Benny Gesserit, and the Knicks were Paul Atreides, and she was like, put your hand in this box, and you can't move. You can't remove your hand from this box, because otherwise terrible things are going to happen to you, and you're actually going to die, because I'm holding this pe- this needle to your fucking throat. And that is basically what happened for, I don't know, 20 minutes? I have no clue. I've, like, all of this shit blends together, and I just got, I'm just going to throw this out. I don't really give a shit anymore, because <laughs> fuck him, he doesn't deserve any more benefit of the doubt. Julius Randle is playing like a fucking piece of shit. Uh, complete garbage. 
zero effort. There were multiple zero no effort box out possessions in the first first quarter. He had five fucking rebounds tonight. He had five. And he took rebounds. one. Th- he took one two pointer. Took one two pointer. I'm all for. He's trying to figure out his role. And I thought, you know, look, I'll, I'll the Indiana Pacers game. The the the, the starters all had minuses. Uh, I didn't think they played bad. I thought they played hard. I thought they played together. I thought they executed. I thought they gave a really good effort. They just couldn't make shots. Um, but they got that win. And I thought, okay, hey, look, they got that win. The weight is off your shoulders a little bit. You got Orlando coming back to town. They gave you a, a pretty hideous loss earlier in the season. Payback time. Okay, we're going to go. Nope, none of that. There was zero, like, it was like from the start of the game. It was like Julius and Kemba taking turns just slowly bringing the ball up the court getting into possessions with 15 16 seconds left and you can sit there and tell me oh rj barrett shot 0 for 7 from 3 fournier was terrible tonight he can't he keeps pump faking on shots and missing good shots he was terrible but i can't i'm sorry like when your offense is struggling to this degree against a garbage defensive team consisting of like seven-year-olds um, for what seems like the fifth or sixth game in a row, it, it is on your two guys that are your ball handlers. I'm sorry, like that's what it is. And consistently, here's the here's the reality. We see this every single time. Those two go out. Rose comes in, and Obi comes in for Julius. And those two positions consistently, we see a significant uptick in both the Knicks' purpose of play, their pace of play, their energy, their togetherness, um, their general willingness to compete and it i mean it, it it is just obvious there today again guess who who had the highest plus on the team today without looking at the box score mark just take a wild guess taj gibson no uh obi toppin guess who had the lowest minus or the, the lowest plus minus today uh unfortunately probably julius yes julius was a minus 21 obi was a plus 11 it i don't single game in 17 plus minus, minutes yeah oh it, jesus christ the, the single game plus minus is very random but when it's consistently flowing together like this it is starting to say something and the fact of the matter is the bench today wasn't otherworldly they didn't have an out-of-body experience for all 20 minutes they were out there so they couldn't bail out the starters on what is their you know collectively with well, they played 15 games so about i would say about Thirteen of those games that they've been fucking shit together as a five man unit. Um, so at this point, I just think that like, you know, blame whoever you want, but ultimately, like that group is not working together. I actually thought they create like they create some good shots, but it's just so. They slow. didn't even create that many good shots today. And Tibbs tried to um, Tibbs tried to help them out by by staggering in the fourth quarter by like mixing up RJ with the bench for a little bit. And then, uh, I mean, he took Obi out too early, which was stupid. But, like, for the most part, like, you could see him trying to, like, go out of his comfort zone as a coach to accommodate the shitty starters. But it just wasn't working because of what you said. Like, when it's Kemba and Julius, like, if they're individually cooking, they can, that that unit can usually float, except for there's rare, like, five, seven, eight-minute stretches like uh versus the Pacers in the first quarter where they were generating some good shots and doing a lot of two man game but like it, it's just night and day compared to like you look at the that unit that has two two primary ball handlers Julius and Kemba and it's it's my turn your turn but it's no there's no synergy and the other guys don't really benefit from it and you look at the bench unit which is also two ball handlers it's not just the Derek Rose show like it was last year like they're giving Q IQ much more initiation reps now 
especially on mismatches, which they it's like now clearly like a pet thing for Tibbs and for IQ. Like as soon as he gets a mismatch, they pull it out and then he drives into the paint and then pinball happens and the open shot results from it or an alley-oop happens from it like clockwork. So those two guys know how to walk the line between getting theirs and getting everyone else involved. But Kemba and Julius are just like, they just don't know what to do. And Kemba, like Kemba just didn't do anything today. All, all he did today was get in a nice fucking cardio session on Madison's Square garden floor. That's it. That's all he did. He, he jogged up and on the floor. Like, you know, oh, like, it, like, like he couldn't, like, like playing the game was above him. That's what it like, and that's what I got to say about the starting lineup right now. And specifically, I'm going to just say it about Julius Randle and Kemba Walker. I don't really think at Fournier's issues are about effort. I just think he's playing like shit. So if you want to criticize him playing like shit, go I don't for think it. I, I think Kemba's Kemba's issues are are like I, I think Julius to me personally his issues are separate because like Kemba he he has the things he can do. And he still tries to do them for the most part. He tries to get into his mid-range. He tries to get to the rim. And he tries to take his pull-up shot. And there was a couple of times he got fucking demolished. And the refs just were, like, cool with it. And after that, like, he he just, like, kind of, like, faded into the but, background. But Julius... That, that's that's kind of, like, the identity of this team, though. That's Like, that yeah. starting lineup. They get, they get hit once. And then it's just like, oh, fuck this. I can't be bothered. It's just this, like, just this pathetic, weak... This you is know, the kind of game soft. that was marked. Like, I'm pretty sure. I, I I don't know who to contact to verify this. I'm pretty sure the Knicks must have tied, perhaps broke the record for most turnovers with stepping on the sideline or the baseline. It was yes, like crazy. it was it was uncanny. And the Knicks ended up with 18 turnovers. Um, uh, 12. I want to say 12 in the first half and. They were not. They were overwhelmingly not forced by the magic. It was literally just like alley oops into the crowd, stepping on out of bounds, like blatant jump passages that were like right into magic defenders that everybody could see. Like very, very bad stuff. And it was just like even if you take the bad shooting, the dysfunctional offense, like this magic team is bad. Like it takes. It doesn't take a bad shooting night or a bad offense night to lose to this magic team when they're shooting as poorly as they did. They shot 39 of 96 from the field overall. They shot 11 of 38 from three. They went 15 of 18 at the line, but that's not, you know, like anything massive. Here's what killed the Knicks, though. Again, 14 offensive rebounds uh, for the Magic. Um, just, like, you're just getting out work. Uh, and, like, again, I'm... I'm it's, like Julius is not competing on the board. There was one possession early in the game, very early in the game, um, where he just didn't move and Bamba like got an uncontested tip. And I was like, I didn't tweet it then because I was just like, I'm trying to like tweet less during games and just try and tweet in between quarters or whatever. But like, I mean, I, I wanted to just like, I, I wanted to put a hole in my wall watching that because it's just like, as soon as I saw that, I knew, I knew I was like, he doesn't care tonight. He doesn't give a shit tonight. He's not going to bring it tonight. He thinks this game is above him. That's what, like, and that is probably the most frustrating thing about watching him this year and then how that manifests with the rest of the team. Because there have consistently been games this year where we come out and it just feels like, you know, I'm like, he doesn't, he doesn't want to do the little things. So then, you know, the fact that he doesn't want to do the little things, it, it exacerbates other issues. So like, I actually thought Fournier and Kemba, 
like were they good defensively? I mean, whatever you want to say, they I don't think they were necessarily good. But I didn't have an issue with like, are they trying? Are they trying to fight over screens? Are they making rotations? But then when you just give up, like you know, the uh, I forgot who they interviewed at halftime. Uh, which which I think it was Ehrman that they inter- interviewed at halftime, the assistant coach, and he was like, yeah, you know, we had some pretty good defensive possessions, but we got to close it out. And like, I just want to scream. And be like, and just point at Julius Randle because so much of that is Julius Randle. And like, I, I just, it's really, really frustrating to watch. It's really frustrating to watch because you'll have a possession. Like, Mitch has to go over to contest. Like, Mitch has to contest shots probably more than he wants to because Kemba's, you know, he's small. He's going to get beat at the point of attack a bit. So you have to go over there and cover for him. So he's like out of position. So you really need Julius to give a shit and crash the boards. And he's just like, out there kind of hanging out watching Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. do stuff. Um, I don't know. I, it, this was such a disgusting performance from him in particular. Um, I, like, I mean, there's so many words to use from it. Disgusting, despicable, pathetic, <laughs> abhorrent. Um, I could just go through the dictionary. And, and you know, Prez, you did touch on like, you know, Tibbs tried to kind of do things that were uncomfortable in the fourth quarter. And sure, I can credit him for that. But like 18 minutes are Obi Toppin. Yeah, he took, he took, so, so what happened, Mark, was um, Toppin was cooking. He hit two threes, which was as many threes as he hit in the whole season. He was two for 19 coming in. But in addition to the threes, he was doing all the other Obi Toppin stuff. He was blocking jump shots. He was getting rebounds. He was. He only got credit for one block. I'm almost, I'm, I know he blocked at least two jumpers. Yeah, he, yeah, he blocked at least two jumpers. He was, hitting his shots at the rim at like infinity percent and all that stuff. And lots of alley. He would have had more alley-oops if Derek Rose didn't like airmail two alley-oops, like 50 feet yeah. into the air. Rose didn't have a good game today, but he, he gets a pass because guess what? Rose has played well this year. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Obi, he, he had let the, um, Tibbs had let the staggered unit of, uh, I want to say it was Mitch, RJ, OB burks and quickly cook for a while and then mitch landed really hard on his hip on a rebound so he got taken out which was a big turning point because uh mo bamba was making taj gibson his bitch for the whole game andrew was <laughs> randall his bitch for the whole game i love taj but he's just there's just nothing he can do with mo bamba um yeah. when mo bamba puts his mind to it so when mitch went out there and that's another place we missed Nerlens is because he can't rebound but he could contest at the he's rim he's like bigger right yeah yeah and like he's bouncy right he's Nerlens. so like anyway so um he had to take mitch out unfortunately and he put um julius in so they went small which was actually julius did kind of try on defense for the first time at the very end but he then immediately because um the magic got an offensive rebound he then immediately took obi out to bring taj in to go to a more traditional look with Julius at the four, Taj at the five, old reliable. And uh, it was like, I get the logic was like, okay, he, you know, you want the rim protection in there, but like the issue wasn't our defense today. Like the Magic scored whatever, like 102. It's not a lot. <laughs> it's 104 and 96 shots. How are, do the math? That's like 1.003 or something like that per possession. That's, yeah. The, the issue is not the defense. Yeah, so like I, it was, it was, it was just really hard to see Obi playing that hard, career high energy, and and they were just like nah. So like I, I agree with you, Schwen. I do think like even though I do, 
I think it's a positive long term that he's willing to stagger because he needs to do that at this point. Like it in terms of winning the game right now, like that was a crucial misstep um, for sure. But I, again, that's not that's minor in the the larger scheme of things today. This is just right now. This is just not a good offense. I don't even want to say this team doesn't have a good offense because half the team does have a good offense, but the important half I'm, do not. I'm just going to, before, because we've basically just been ranting and Mark's just been like, probably like, wow, these guys fucking. This is just, this is just the Mark is the main. Hey, I mean, I'm a regular listener of the pod, so I knew what I was signing <laughs> up for, man. <laughs> um, I just like, I'm sorry, the starting lineup has to change. And you're not like, I don't want to, Randall, for better or worse, he's, it's not going to happen. He's going to stay there. Uh, RJ, I, I honestly thought he was good today. Like, I, I know that sounds insane because of the shots that he went over seven for three, but like, I, I've said this about IQ. There's a difference between playing bad and there's a difference between missing shots. And I don't think he played bad today. I thought he actually played pretty good. I thought he was one of the few guys who tried to get to the rim during that third quarter and tried to put pressure on it. He got absolutely killed on one drive, by the way, and got like, like he literally got, it looked like Mobama clipped him in midair, uh, didn't get a call. Hustled back on defense after he goes sprawling in the crowd, gets the rebound, and then goes coast to coast. And if you watch the play, you see like Julius and Kemba just kind of like, you know. This was the first time. Slowly um, meandering up the court behind him. There was two plays in the fourth quarter. That was the one notable one. And that was in the third quarter, by the way. Or sorry, third quarter in the second half where he, you don't really see RJ call his own number outside of a set. Like he'll call his own number once he gets the ball coming off of a curl kind of. Or once, like, the ball swings around and it's, like, attacking the bent defense or whatever, you know, or after the first action is stymied. But, like, he, there was a couple of times today where he just called his own number. And then that was the one. And then there was another time in the fourth quarter where he did it. And it actually didn't go anywhere. I forget if, um, I forget who was on him, if it was Bamba or Wendell or Chuma or one of these fucking long, <laughs> long boys. But they, they stopped him. He couldn't go anywhere. And then he ended up giving it back to Randall. But it was notable because, he didn't force it up. No, because it was notable because Randall was like, let me get the ball. And Julie, I mean, and, and RJ was like, no, I got it. And I literally had never seen him do that in the first season and in this season did, before. Did you see that play in the fourth quarter where um, RJ got the ball and he was like, he had Bamba on a switch. And like, it was pretty early in, the, it was late in the game, but it was like pretty early in the possession. And Julius, like, you could, like, see him. Because you could see, like, RJ kind of, like, eyeing it up. Like, oh, I'm going to take him off the bounce or something. And I thought Julius was going to, like, literally sit down on the court and cry if RJ had shot the ball. Like, it, I'm not even joking. It looked like we were talking about it in the Discord or in the live game chat. And, like, three of us were like, dude, it literally looked like, like Randall was about to have the biggest, like, diaper baby fit right there if, if RJ had shot the ball. RJ didn't shoot the ball, by the way. Um, but, like, it's just... I'm, I'm sorry, like, again, I, I hate to do this because, like, I don't usually think it boils down to one guy. But, like, I really just think it boils down to Julius. Like, he, like you want, like, you look at the game. Before before the game even starts, you look at the lineup. If Randall's the best player on the floor, the Knicks win this game by, like, 30. Um, he, he was terrible tonight, and all he did was, like, he had a one stretch in the, at the end of the second quarter where he hit some threes. And that was about it. That's all he contributed. He did absolutely nothing else. Um, and And it's telling. He came in. The Knicks were up three when he came in, in the fourth quarter i think they were up 94 91 they then get outscored 13 to 4 to close the game is that all because of julius obviously it's not that simple but um 
you know, when you need your star guy, like forget the rest of the game. You're the star. Like if you just bring the bacon home at that point, cool, whatever, move on. He didn't do that. He was terrible. Um, and he's been really bad in a lot of closing situations this year. Terrible against the Hornets uh, last week. Like one of the, I mean, our, that was literally RJ's worst game as a pro. But this, I mean, that was also equally just demoralizing to watch Julius. Knight His game. best closing game was uh, versus Indiana. And it was the best because he was being, he switched up. I don't know how much was him and how much was Tibbs, but he was screaming like crazy for the whole game. And the pivotal play versus the Pacers in the fourth quarter with one minute left, it wasn't a, you know, Julius at the elbow. It was Julius setting a screen for Rose, like because that had been working the whole game versus the Pacers. And it was the threat of him getting getting the ball on the short roll that caused chaos. And, and like, that's, you know, that's notable that, that that's not how it normally goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say is this. Um, the starting lineup has had 15 games. This is not like, is it a small sample size in the grand? What would you change? Yeah, I, I I said this on the last pod. I would take Fournier out when I put I put Burks in that lineup. Um, I think you either need to speed the game up by putting in a you know Rose. He's not going to start Rose. I kind of understand that because I think he wants to like save his minutes as much as he can. Um, but you either need to do that or you need to put in a wing that can really impact the game and at least get into guys defensively. Because when you have Fournier and RJ and Kemba out there, there's really just one one guy who's even capable of doing that. And RJ's not like, he's a good defender, but his he's not like in-guy shorts, right? It's totally different. He's more like a mirror. Um, like, Burks is good at point-of-attack defense. He is pretty physical. He can switch multiple positions. I just like the idea of having him in there. I also think he just actually has been playing with like good pace this year. I feel like he's making quicker decisions. Uh, I know he didn't shoot particularly well today. 5 of 16 from the field, 4 of 12 from 3. Uh, a very Prez-friendly line in, in 27 minutes. <laughs> but like, I just like the way he's playing. I, I've been consistently saying this since the start of the year, even when he was catching a lot of shit. I like what I've seen from him. I think he's he is injecting some like verve into games when he comes in. Um, I mean, look, I'll be completely honest. If it was up to me, I would take, I would take Kemba out right now. I would start quickly and I'd move on. And I would just throw Grimes the lineup and I'd tell Kemba, thanks for the homecoming. Uh, it's been real. Fuck off. Um, but we don't have that option. So, you know, we got to be realistic about what Tibbs is going to do. So Tibbs is not going to bench Kemba. Uh, we have to try to make the, uh, the the smile man uh you know function well in a lineup so um if we're going to do that we need to protect him and i think we need to get some spacing in i also like the idea of fournier off the bench because i think um the way he plays would actually fit well offensively with that group even though he doesn't have a lot of reps with them and i also think it might just be good to get him going off the bench like we've seen this with guys before right like um i know it's kind of it's kind of a weird parallel but like Buddy Heald has historically been awful as a starter for the Kings, but then, like, every time they make him a consistent fixture off the bench, he magically becomes, like, really good. Um, I don't know if that would happen with Fournier, but I do think it's worth trying. And I do think that, like, his usage is different. Like, Burks's usage is different than Fournier's, even if their shot distribution often looks the same. Like, I, like, I just think that Fournier is a little bit more methodical, but so then maybe playing him with guys that are a little bit more decisive and pacey um, can create a better blend. Whereas, like the entire starting lineup feels like very methodical, very, very like plotting and methodical. 
And I think Burks isn't, I mean, not that he's like a speed demon, but I think he plays with a little bit more decisiveness to his game. Um, and really like, you know, Burks has the confidence, like he's here last year. He has the confidence just like, he doesn't really give a shit who he's on the court with. He's just going to like play like Alec Burks. Like, you know, he's like, oh. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem with Fournier is he's right. super tentative right now. Yeah. And I think coming off the bench, it's like not that Rose and, and quickly are low usage players. Um, but I think that like they swing the ball in a way that I don't think the starters do. And I, I think that would benefit Fournier a lot. And then I also think what Burks can provide the starting lineup um, would help them a lot. Uh, and yeah, like I know they're not going to bench Kemba. So it is what it is. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, especially compared to what the Knicks looked like the first two weeks. I think I've probably caught six or seven Knicks games so far this year. Um, I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to put everything on Julius, but it does feel like a lot of it comes down to him. Um, he's kind of been back to ball stopping a little bit. And the biggest problem has been defensively. Like last year was a career year for him uh, on both ends. I mean, that was the best defense he played his entire career. And I felt like that was a big reason for why they had the level of success that they did. Um, obviously, Kemba is not perfect as a defender. Um, but again, you know, like better than Elf. So I'm not really that worried about it. Like, you know what he's doing, trying to help in team defense. I just think a lot of it comes down to me for like Julius just like it. I think it was the like probably third or fourth game of the year I was watching. Like, Jesus Christ, you just like not even rotate as the low man. And it feels like every time I watch him, it's the same case. Like. Not to take away from OG Ananobi, but that career game he had was literally just working Julius Randle over and over again because he was kind of half-assing it, for being honest. Um, like I don't, I don't know what's up with him, but it's been very disappointing to say the least. Um, I mean, shout out to the bench though. Like uh, seeing OB Roland finally has been fantastic. Like he's looked like, believe it or not, that's that's what the guy was capable of doing coming out of the draft. But. Um, I yeah, I have not felt super positive about the Knicks in a, in a minute. Um, I still think that there's a lot there in, in terms of being a, a better team than last year, even. But the the same vibes are not. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.